Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The pair of comedians on today's show really do deserve to become the most famous and successful comedy duo on the planet. And in their new special, they already are. Good evening. I'm Meredith Vieira. In a world divided more and more every day, there's one thing we can all agree on. Kate Berlant and John Early are funny. From their hit television series that started it all, He's Gay, She's Half Jewish, to their record-breaking blockbuster films, they are arguably the most iconic and influential comedy duo in the history of entertainment. So what happened? As they tap-danced their way into the hearts of billions, behind the scenes was a story of discord, deception, and artificial insemination. Tonight, the two of them will sit down together for the first time in almost 20 years for this exclusive POV. This is The Last Laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast, and that was the actual Meredith Vieira introducing comedians Kate Berlant and John Early in their new Peacock special, Would It Kill You to Laugh? Since they started collaborating on videos less than 10 years ago, Kate and John have quickly become two of the most sought-after comedic actors in Hollywood, often managing to be the funniest people on screen in already hilarious projects like Search Party, The Other Two, and Sorry to Bother You. But it's when they are together that they are really at their funniest, whether it was guest starring on each other's episodes of The Characters on Netflix, or in their majorly underrated series 555 on Vimeo. Now they are about to reach a much larger audience with a one-off comedy special, Would It Kill You to Laugh, that really should become its own longer-running sketch show if anyone over at Peacock has any sense. The new hour features Kate and John portraying the type of bizarre and awkward characters they always excel at, but it also shows them getting deeper into heightened versions of themselves, in this case, reuniting after a fictional falling out in a reunion special within the comedy special. It's a perfect premise that really only they could pull off. I am so thrilled that these two self-made comedy icons agreed to come on this podcast to get into all of it. So here's me with Kate Berlant and John Early. I am recording. Fabulous. I am recording. Nice. I'm already getting flashbacks to that uh, Zoom bit you guys did for the Peacock Variety Special. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Peacock's always been our biggest champion. <laughs> our only champion. Sorry, only champion. I'm so excited to have you guys on the podcast. Um, I have to tell you, I was uh, a, a little you know, nervous or hesitant because I wasn't sure you know, if I wanted to break the spell of your comedy that I've been watching for so long and sort of these, you know, personas that you guys uh, oh. put out into the world and, and meet the real you. Um, although I also wasn't sure whether I was going to get, you know, the real Kate and John or if I was going to be talking to the sort of heightened versions of yourself that you've... Call me if you meet the real me. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to have a word with her. This is very much the real me. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> I had no idea. You're talking to me today. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so excited again to have you on because I just got to see your special, the new Peacock special, Would It Kill You to Laugh, um, that I just absolutely loved. Oh, thank you. Thank you. As I've loved, you know, everything that you guys have done together. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to just kind of start there. Um, how did you pitch this special? How did this come about? And the pitch process specifically, is it... Do you find it hard to explain to people or have to explain to people your style of comedy or is it the kind of thing that you just have to experience? Well, we found the idea in a, a basket that was left outside our front, <laughs> our front door. Okay. It's very hard to it's very hard to pitch a sketch show because yes. how do you I mean It when, shouldn't be. I know. But it, it really be is so because there's simple. no I mean, John and I you know, we've made a million videos together and performed together a lot and, of course, create things on our own. And so 
there's always the hope that people kind of know what they're getting or they assume if they're going to, you know, fund something that, you know, there's enough to kind of point to, to go, this is the style. And again, Peacock has like, thank God for them for, for, for doing that. But, uh, the answer is that it's hell to pitch anything ever, but particularly something like this, where there's no sort of, um, it's not like a series where maybe you're like, well, we start here and we end there, even though I would argue in the special, there is kind of like a, um, there's an arc there. Thank you. There is an arc. Totally. We thought so. (laughs) We thought so, but it's difficult. Next. Sorry. I don't know. (laughs) Next question. No, I was going to say, um, like, you know, I, I, it was, I think just formally to be like, we would like to do a sketch comedy special, please. Like that wasn't, that's not very normal. You have sketch series and you have stand up comedy specials. You don't really do hour long sketch specials. Although there is of course like precedence for like variety specials. Um, but you know, I always, I grew up loving Jennifer Saunders and Don French and their duo French and Saunders. Um, and they, they made, um, a lot of like Christmas specials that I was obsessed with as a kid. And I loved the way they, the, I loved the way they didn't, they, they had like these kind of beautiful, long cinematic, like kind of short filmy sketches. And then they had really simple kind of sketches where they're just like, there are two chairs in a room. They're sitting across from each other and talking, you know? Um, and then there were all these like beautiful ways in which they were kind of interconnected and flowed in and out of each other. It's always like a form that I've been very drawn to. And we first kind of got to do on the characters on Netflix, um, in our respective episodes. Um, but it's always, I think made sense to me as a form and to Kate too. And I think we really, we love, of course, self-contained sketches, but we also love when they get to have a little extra kind of, contextualization and meaning and um and to feel like kind of elevated in the special form well i I love the framing device in the special where the two of you it's sort of this alternate reality where you are the two biggest comedy stars in the world um (laughs) who have who have had a falling out and are kind of having this reunion um and you of course get uh, meredith fiera to host your your reunion special um was she your first choice were you uh did you go out to a lot of people for that or (laughs) i mean no we had like you know we had a list um but she was like top tier you know like she she is we were amazed we were like just get through this ask so we can get to the more realistic asks you know we're like we don't have time like sure we can ask meredith here but um but um we were so stunned that was when it finally felt real because i think kate and i always knew like the dream was to have someone as iconic as meredith vera who we knew could also, you know, this is why she's America's sweetheart is because there is a real, like, you don't feel like she has that hard shell that a lot of anchors have. Yeah. Like three inches of foundation (laughs) 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 and you know, whatever else, but like, but she just really feels like there's something so accessible and like tender and kind. Like she really is so kind. kind and just like natural. And she, Really, yeah, we, we were expecting, okay, we're going to have to hire some actor to play an anchor. Yeah. Um, naturally, that will be what we'll do. But she just elevates the entire thing. And when we flew to New York, and that was the first part that we shot was with her. And just hearing her say the words like, he's gay, she's half Jewish. So we just were <laughs> dying. We just couldn't believe it. And yeah, so we were, we're eternally grateful other. to her. Yeah. She was amazing. She really killed it. And when we were editing, too, we were like so stunned by there's so much improvisation she did. Improvisation. I didn't mean to say it like that. Um, <laughs> but where she, where we don't even remember it happening in the room. And we were like just stunned like by what she did to make it feel real. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's your style as well. Obviously I know in, in all of the stuff that you've done, you know, it's, I'm sure there, a lot of it is scripted, but a lot of it is, you know, these little moments and going back and forth and, um, you know, that, that improv. So she was able to kind of get in there with you guys and, and do that. Wasn't thrown off by it too much. No, she was, no. she was perfect and just such a great sport. <laughs> yeah. She was very graceful and, and generous when we would kind of go into true cuckoo town, like improvs, but like, like where I would feel like, Oh God, she must think we're insane right now. And then I would look over at her and she'd be like trying not to laugh. She was so cool. <laughs> we love her. I love her. Um, it does feel like this this idea of you having this reunion special um, and after this falling out is a sort of culmination of a lot of what you've been doing for so long, you know, going all the way back to um, 
you know, one of your earliest sketches, I think, was that dinner party one where you're doing the toasts um, mm-hmm. and sort of talking about the the competition between the two of you and the imbalance of success and the awkwardness around that. Thank you guys so much for coming tonight. We are um, thrilled to have you it's here. It's a huge night. Um, I sorry. initiate it, so I will speak. Um, thank you so much for coming tonight. Uh, this obviously has been a crazy year for me professionally. And um, Kate, I have to say to you, like, fuck, okay. (sighs) A lesser friend would have been bitter and resentful of my success. And you have been so supportive despite the just imbalance of where we are in our careers right now. So there is kind of this through line, I feel like all, going all the way back to that through through this. Why is that something that you think you you keep returning to? Where does that come from? I don't even know because it's not our, our actual friendship isn't like that at all. <laughs> like, so that was a dynamic that we just kind of started excavating early in the friendship <laughs> and it always made us makes us laugh but i mean i mean i think there is just something about like if there it's a duo like if there are two people on camera or like on on stage you know there's it's almost like we want to by like we want to like get out in front of it or something I, I you know like there's like something funny to us about being like i don't know i can't really describe it i mean i know we did watch this Really early on the friendship, I brought Kate this, or I showed Kate vid- this video of Suzanne Summers and Joyce DeWitt reuniting on Suzanne Summers' YouTube channel after a very public falling out. Like, and and we were just that kicked off. I think this dynamic that we've revisited time and time again, and in, in various sketches, um, there's something so funny to us in general outside of even like duo ness or outside of even our collaboration. I just think. We think it's funny when people are like saying one thing, but obviously feeling a different thing. Um, And also just like pretending to be like really, really good. I think that's one of our favorite jokes is like, I mean, that's a way we make each other laugh. Like still to this day is like, if I'm like, if I see Kate after a while, I'm like, how are you? And she's like, really good. You know, like, um, I think we just find that inherently funny because it's like, no one's good. (laughs) No one feels good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned, you know, the in the special, you have this show within the show, which is uh, He's Gay, She's Half Jewish, um, which is your, you know, we're see as your sitcom that you had that was incredibly popular. And it was kind of reminded me of the uh, the Friends reunion where they go back and visit the set. And there's this kind of emotional moment where you're back on the set. Um, was that? Was that on your mind at all when you were when you were making that or thinking about it and sort of these these reunion specials that have become more and more uh, present in our lives and reboots and people, you know, getting back together after many years? Yeah, I mean, we actually we wrote this before the Friends reunion. I always feel the need to say um, so we but we, of course, watched it um, afterward. We already knew that we were going to be that would be the through line of this special. And I think. Yeah, I mean, we already had the plan of our characters visiting the old set. But of course, in watching that, it is surreal and there's a, a sweetness to it. And there's always the the curiosity of, you know, what's going on that we can't see. And what are the, re- of course, you can only imagine the relationship dynamics in a group like that mm-hmm. and between people. Yeah, with I mean, six people. <laughs> yeah, it's just like unimaginable. Yeah. The intimacy and I'm sure the, the, the horrors that have unfolded. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so, so yeah, we, we, and of course, as you mentioned, this world of nostalgia and the endless reboots, which is like the culture that we're in, um, which is so exhausting and very depressing at times. Um, but then also imagining a fantasy of, of these two people who had this show that, that was so persistent in the culture and in people's minds. And this kind of fantasy is something that brought the whole globe together. We see in the beginning of the special, you know, it's like people all over the world enjoying us, which is yeah. <laughs> kind of a, a bloated fantasy of, um, I think something that John and I would dream of, which is that yeah. <laughs> that we could be some kind of, um, you know, universe universally, <laughs> uh, we could tap into some kind of universality that maybe now feels completely impossible to even imagine. Is that? I mean, why why do you feel that way? Is that something that you feel because of the type of comedy that you're doing? It has a, you know, somewhat narrower. Uh, <laughs> 
appeal or do you think that it's is that is it something that you you would actually want to be you know universally uh globally beloved well i think that there's john and i have i think always gotten like we feel like these sort of big hams who hopefully would be able to make anyone laugh if we're just like falling downstairs and being goofy that's mm-hmm. like kind of who we are and so um but of course like we you know both did comedy in new york new york off you know the the, the l train and <laughs> now you know, live in Silver Lake. So it's like, you know, you can't help but feel like maybe you've, you're in this very hermetically sealed environment, which at times feels devastating to us. Yeah. Cause <laughs> people do describe our stuff as like rarefied or niche or like weird. And, which we've never and understood. We've, <laughs> and we certainly can obviously like with some perspective, like we're like, Oh, I see how oh, that's weird. But like, it is always, we are always, especially with the special, I would say we were really trying to kind of distill each sketch to our like kind of seven or eight of our most like kind of pure essences, you know, like a comedic and like, and really try to make clean, like fun premises, premises, whatever. But I, back to your other question of like, why doesn't it seem possible? I think not, we would, yeah, we would love to tap into something universal and for people to just, for, for the nation to laugh once again. But <laughs> I, I think we're, I, I think it's just the state of, you know, there's no, there's really no monoculture. There's no, like that all of our kind of public institutions are, have crumbled. And now everyone's kind of been perfectly like clustered into their various like little niches and identity groups and, and are being marketed to in their own little echo chambers. And so I think it's really, really, it's, it, I, th- I find it so funny that the same people who have created this problem, who have made this problem through like algorithmic, you know, streaming platforms go why can't we fill theaters like like they wonder why there can't be a blockbuster i'm like you it's your fault yeah Yeah. you you created this world Yeah. yeah like what are you talking about coming up kate and john tell the story of how they met and started making videos together a fateful moment that would change their lives and the comedy world forever stick around Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host and friend of The Last Laugh, Darcy Carden, and her favorite comedian friends, as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you will learn that's the sciencey term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how the hell did we get here? Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying this episode and want to hear more, please make sure you are following The Last Laugh wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing to The Last Laugh, you can listen to my conversations with other sketch comedy stars like Nick Kroll, Sam Richardson, Natasha Rothwell, and many others, along with everything else from our free archive. And you'll be the first to hear new episodes when they drop every Tuesday. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how much you love the show and who you want to hear next. Now, back to Kate Berlant and John Early. 
I would love to, you know, kind of tell people more of your story. So can we go all the way back to, you know, when you first met and how you started doing comedy together? Um, what is the, your, your meet cute story? Well, Kate appeared in, uh, in a basket on my front steps <laughs> and I picked her up and I said, that's my girl. Yeah. And I had, I was so hungry <laughs> and I was bottle fed. From John. But yeah, we, uh, we met on. I can't produce breast milk. We, <laughs> not yet. I met, um, we met on set of a friend's short film. We and it was, technically, I always like to qualify no, no, this because I find it Sorry. more romantic. Yeah, no, it we is did, more romantic. Kate, you know, Kate, to be clear, I've been doing stand-up for much longer than me, but we did meet, I, I met her doing stand-up on a show um, in New we York. We had messaged a little bit. Yes, we had like seen each other's videos and we're kind of sent each other some very floral messages. Facebook messages. Yeah. And then, and then. And then we did this show together and I was like absolutely stunned by Kate. I'd never seen her perform live. And, and then, but so we just kind of like briefly talked and then we like had this day on a, the set of a short film together where we were really kind of, where it was very, very immediately clear that we were going to be friends and also like chief collaborators as Kate <laughs> likes to say. Yes, it was very I, – I feel like I have, like, four memories in my life, but one of them I, – I truly remember, like, being in the dark at a show and John, like, grabbing my arm. And yeah. it was like – like it, it Jimmy's was, 43. Yeah, exactly. I think it's still there. And we – It's uh, not actually, Kate. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, I think it's gone. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Oof, bummer. But um, uh, everything must fall away. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, we just had a very automatic – we were automatically drawn to each other and there was this like uncanny resemblance, um, both physically and comedically. <laughs> and, um, didn't yeah. your mom used to say we look like siblings? We really well, I remember, like, I know we're I remember so... I sent her Skindergarten, one of John's oh, yeah. brilliant video, early video of John's. And my mom was like, you two look alike. <laughs> we, we do. Oh. I mean, we have like our bone structure is actually quite similar. There's like yeah. a, there's like a kind of classic jawline. Yeah. Kind of a hawkish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hawkish it, it's, quality. Um, Brown eyes, big heads. Yeah, yeah, big old heads, and <laughs> we just became just—it was very instant. Yeah, was the comedic dynamic there from the beginning between the two of you? Was it kind of obvious how you would be funny together? Yeah, there was never. I mean, it was—it wasn't like how can we? What do we do here? We got—we yeah. got something. It just we was didn't like do like a training. You know, <laughs> week, two weeks of training. We hired like, someone to come in and help yeah, us find break us something. down and then build us back up. Um, yeah, I mean, no, honestly, like I don't. We didn't think too much about it. There was just such a. a I think, like you know, outwardly, maybe we do different things, but there were was this kind of overlap, literally, in like some like cadences mannerisms but also just like fundamentally underneath what we were doing there was like a kind of again like low status trying to be high status to borrow other people's words that have talked about us but like you know social like kind of posturing social anxiety um more like kind of just like social mores like just i, I don't know like and just we, being like i feel like we were the same children like in ways yeah, like yeah. i just think john and i were both like class clown you know yeah. just kind of like couldn't turn it off you know yep, exactly. and like <laughs> i just john was my first friend really in that vein directly and like just sorry the funniest person i know so it just was very shocking um, still shocking to hear that <laughs> and That's um funniest. <laughs> and, um so but i remember when we shot yeah. our first video family dinner when it was like a month into our friendship or something we like drove to north carolina to visit kate's friends who our directors and they they we cast in like north carolina like local kids and we we're like let's just improvise with kids you know for a night and we had no plan and that was a real like we really didn't know what our dynamic would be at all like, at it just all. happened it, it was, just fully that was happened improvised. it was electric and we were yeah. so giddy like it, it was just very like kate was doing you know kate was you were doing a version of kind of what you do on stage. And I was, and I think I, if I had to put words to it, which is crass, but if I had to like, <laughs> which no one's asking me to do right now, but again, if I had to, I would imagine you had to. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm going there. <laughs> um, but I, I think I slipped into just like total, like hawk-eyed, like desperation and mania. <laughs> and I think that's kind of remained true is like, Kate's doing some sort of like play on like authoritative speech with like 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 panic underneath. 
Yeah. And I'm just like flailing and screaming in the background. Um, was there a first uh, video or, or something that where you noticed that it was starting to take off, that people were really responding to it? Dare I say it was instant? The the <laughs> the risk of sounding like an absolute insufferable asshole. I mean, yeah, I think we our video Paris, which is what we made shortly after that, which was again a fully improvised, just like two cameras. Was the day after Thanksgiving? I was hungover and had a migraine, and we were just like kind of half asleep doing it. But it was um that was something too where we just had this. It was so gratifying to just be able to improvise and feel completely un there's just was like there's never been any stress do you miss paris yes thank god you're coming over because we can talk about this because i can't talk about it with other friends i can't talk about it with other friends people are scared people here are scared it's a fear-based culture in paris it's a luxury based it's culture. a fear-based culture in america and it's it's based in fear absolutely i feel like i was born in paris oh my god me too i feel like i'm from paris exactly with french guys you don't know. You don't know. That's the thing is that you never know with them. You never know. And my thing is with American guys, it's like, you're just plodding along, plodding along. This this milestone, this next milestone. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And then, and then, you know, next thing you know, you're in a fucking loveless marriage. I mean, you were really fortunate, I think, to be part of this generation that had the ability to just make stuff and put it out in the world. And, you know, that's obviously something that's been talked about a ton with a lot of different um, comedians. Was that, you know, were you at the same time sort of looking for those more mainstream opportunities? And how did you kind of balance, you know, making stuff on your own versus like really trying to get accepted by this, you know, mainstream comedy world? Well, a lot of people don't know this, but we were offered like the kind of comic relief in Avatar. <laughs> really? Yeah, this, it was like us joke? as two. Yeah, it's a joke. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> you, you I was had just, me. It's so good. funny to think that uh, us I as, love like, that. Those, the it's Navi totally or whatever. Possible. We should, <laughs> um, yeah, we really edit should ourselves vibe for that. Yeah, yeah. I um, love yeah, Now's the time. This sequel is coming out. There was never an attempt to break into a mainstream thing. I think it was just like we just were compulsively making what we wanted to make and yeah. i think also it was a totally different time i mean our videos were you know longer we definitely are um elderly next to the current kind of like you know <laughs> tiktok yeah you get those like six um, seven minute videos, videos. Those, yeah. yeah i mean god bless the kids but it's some of just, them are 12 minutes i know really but i think we came up in a time of um like we love you know the stella shorts of variety shack or those sorts of videos and that was the currency that we were still operating in. Yeah, like John is, Roberts had such beautiful yes, videos. Yes. Remember those? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, those, that, those were really and, and like even like someone like neighbor. Kyle Mooney, like yeah. exactly, yeah, mm -hmm. Jenks, and, yeah. and like that. That was it, there. Still was a kind of feeling of like, oh, you. The point of YouTube is that you can kind of do whatever you want, you know. And then it very very quickly, of course, became somehow standard and therefore like flat commodified yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean well like someone like kyle mooney or you know andy samberg or people who were making videos on youtube and then ended up on snl right was that on your mind was that a goal when you were doing this to like get on that show or, or other shows like that i think i mean i wanted to be on snl more than anything in my life when i was in middle school and maybe a little bit in high school like but I think also there was something too. once Kate and I kind of like um, scratched the itch or I don't know what I'm saying, but like once we kind of like start, we opened Pandora's box of our collaboration. And I think we kind of immediately yeah. knew that like the freedom, the extra institutional freedom um, that like YouTube provided or making things independently provided, like once you've done something that's that um where you have that creative control and even like the characters we were given total creative control and vimeo yeah i wanted to ask about that i mean the characters this you know netflix series that i'm sure a lot of people listening have seen um but it was this really big deal at the time i think it was eight comedians you were two of them um getting 30 minutes on netflix to do seemingly whatever you wanted to do i mean which was kind of unprecedented um how do you approach that much freedom um on a platform that could be seen by a ton of people and, and was. Well, I almost ran for the hills. I, remember <laughs> she I, was really really? I actually remember calling John and being like, yeah, I can't. So Yeah, she was I'll like, just... I'm considering not doing it. I was like, you're <laughs> insane. I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, that was, 
amazing and just incredible to, to have truly complete freedom. And again, also it was so, I realized in similar, the, the sketch special special also demanded this of like, you just can't be so precious cause it's just happening. So you're just forced to like do it. Exactly. <laughs> Which exactly. is like the seemingly the most simple thing or obvious thing you can say, but it's actually it's always shocking in real time when you're experiencing it. it it's it. crazy. It's always like, well, I have to, you're never like prepared or ready fully, or there's always going to be something that you wish you had been like developing for a year right, um, right. or years. But that's the, yeah, you just, anyway, but the, the characters was, um, I can't wait to rewatch it by the way, John. I know it's been, it's been so, so long. long. Would you say that your process is a natural one? Yes. Talk about that. How does that? I just did. I don't discuss my process. I never have and I never will. I think that art, right? The T actually is hard. People over the years aren't. It's art. Yeah, the force of that, even just audibly. Prevents us from finding out about your process. Yeah. Um, okay, well. It's almost like the T comes down, it becomes an X, don't talk about it. Yeah, well, I just watched your two episodes and they they hold up. They're so oh, great. Thank you, yeah, thank thank you so much. Well, I've really spent the last week watching everything that you guys have ever done together or rewatching it. So <gasps> oh, that's God bless you. And you're not annoyed. Um, you're not scared. No, it's, it's been really really fun. <laughs> okay, um, well, I was a little scared, but uh, no. Uh, um, I think that was uh, the first time that most people had seen the uh, Vicky with a V character i don't know yeah. if uh, she existed mm -hmm. um prior to that much but um used to do some version of it in live shows but that that's became where kind of a kind congealed. of a big deal um was that uh was that character uh based on anyone that that you had seen in your life or where did that come from i mean she's like a lot of a, a lot of different things um i've i've realized more and more she's my dad actually <laughs> like just her her ability to kind like the the style of jokes she's making her some of the cadences that's so true. like it really is my dad. My dad is like one of the funniest people in the world and he has a very Southern accent. And so, you know, I thought <laughs> she was some amalgamation of like Southern women that I knew or in my family, but it's, it's, it's my dad. Um, but also I think she's just like, Oh, what I realized when I was doing the characters was like, I really, to me, what was most actually funny about her was in like, I think stark contrast to basically everything else I do or like even Kate and I do together. Like Vicky was like, doesn't actually have like the desperation. She's not manic. She's not like a totally. psycho. She's you know, so like, confident. She's confident. A different kind of character for you. Yeah. It's and so that's, it's very fun to beyond just the novelty of Vicky. It's like, it's, it's fun to do because she's like in command and people, when I do her live, like people immediately kind of slip into that dynamic of her being like this, like road dog, famous comedian and like her, her, her <laughs> dropping in on shows. Like they, people go crazy. They play the part really beautifully. It's really sweet. My husband and I were going out dinner night. I walked outside. I was feeling a little chilly. I was just wearing a halter. I said, honey, I'm going to run inside real quick and grab my denim. He said, honey, we don't have time. I made reservation at Maggiano's at 7.30, it's 7.15 right now. It's gonna take 25 minutes to get there. It's gonna put us at 10 minutes late. I said, honey, it's not gonna take me but one minute to run inside real quick and grab my dinner. What's one more minute gonna mean to the fine people at Maggiano's? He said, honey, I'm serious. You get in the car right now. I said, honey, I'm serious. I'm looking for my dinner. <laughs> Is that including at uh, Amy Schumer's wedding when you officiated as as Vicky? <laughs> I would say that it was a completely different at, at Amy Schumer's wedding because I would say no one there knew who I was or who Vicky was. <laughs> um, so and there were a the, lot of famous people there, right? There were they were so famous. It was so scary. Um, but yeah, no one. Um, no one knew like knew the character except for like Amy, of course, and then like like our little crew of like Ad Bryant and Vanessa Bear and Bridget Everett and Claudio Doherty and like my boyfriend. Like it was like just like this tiny. It was like five people knew who Vicky was, and then it was like Larry David and like Lauren Hutton, you know, and Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> and so that was a little terrifying. But I really think Vicky does have like a kind of there is something quite like universal about her like warmth and her like confidence that people immediately kind of understand what I'm doing when I, 
her, you know, so it wasn't that hard. Going back to the characters, uh, you know, I think what we what I didn't realize at the time when it came out, but sort of became clear later was that it was almost like um, those were pilots for sketch shows that, you know, ended up becoming uh, Tim Robinson's, uh, you know, I, um, I think you should leave. Was that something that you were aware of at all going in that they were kind of trying out potential sketch shows or do you you're breaking like the news right you're breaking now the news, getting is that angry. is that uh or did maybe i mean i think that's just maybe that's my perception and you know i've heard other people talk about that as well but you know because they did those eight and then you know tim tim won. I, I love that show <laughs> um you know ended up getting this this great sketch show america voted and tim won was, was that on your mind at all when you were when you were making them or when you saw you know him get that show after that no actually yeah, it wasn't like I, they never overtly said that i think they probably always on some level wanted to work with Tim and they thought that was a, as anyone should. <laughs> yeah. Like, we loved him. We really loved him. And yeah. And you guys are both in that show and, and great in it. It was such an honor to be on that show, honestly. But yeah, we didn't, we, we were not told that. I, and I think we, yeah, we definitely saw it as like a kind of showcase. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also was like, who is going to green light a full series of like us doing these like kind of trippy, like, <laughs> a, like kind of surreal sketch you know stuff you know i i, I don't know i i didn't i think we knew we had an incredible opportunity but we weren't <laughs> too big for our britches you know we've been talking a lot about the work that you guys create and write and, and do together um but i'm also interested in you know you've done so much so many other projects um in your careers and the i'm interested in the experience of bringing your style to other projects whether it's you know there are things like search party and the other two which i feel like are very much in your comedic vein um but then there might be other projects that you do that feel a little separate from what you what you do but you're bringing something to it so what has that been like to kind of be brought into a a project that's not yours and just be an actor in it and and bring something to it it's what was it like with tarantino yeah, that's a great example. I mean, you were in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Kate, which, you know, all of a sudden being being brought into Tarantino's world. Yeah, I did not one but two days on that film. One, please. 75 cents. What if I'm in the movie? What do you mean? I mean, I'm in the movie. I'm Sharon Tate. You're in this? Mm-hmm. I play Miss Carlson, the Kletz. That's me. <laughs> but that's the girl from Valley of the Dolls. Well, that's me, the girl from Valley of the Dolls. Really? Really. I mean, what did you, if, if Matt, if you don't mind me taking over. No, yeah, please take over. <laughs> did you feel pressure to be, to like represent a kind of Kate Berlant energy or were you like, here we go, Tarantino. <laughs> I was in hell because it was like my greatest dream to be in like a Tarantino movie. And then I was like, oh, he obviously had no, he did not know of me as a comedian or anything. And so, and the role is very simple. It's not like a place for me to like shine comedically. That's and not so, why you were there. No. And I struggled and I had to like talk myself down in the mirror before. Cause I was like, do not. Cause I want my impulse oh, was to I like know. cross my eyes and like show what I can do. <laughs> and it's like, that's not what this is at all. And also yeah, like it was a weird moment too where, of course, I had the impulse to like improvise or something, but I did everything all to, you know, script exactly. Yeah, of course. Seems like he would want that. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I, I just was so, um, it really wasn't a place for me to like, <laughs> to to go wild and, and um, <laughs> be a clown. It was like a very kind of just natural, like, just like, just say the words that are on the page. It's all there. Just do that. But it was a struggle for me not to be like, look what I can do, daddy, you know, but <laughs> there must be other times when you guys are called in to bring your, you know, John Early and Cape Berlant energy to a project and that's what they want. Um, do you feel like there are, is there a certain thing that you're called in to do a lot that you feel like creators are, are wanting from you? I, I do think that sometimes, I mean, sometimes people do that and it makes total sense, you know, and you fit right in or you, you can kind of sense what they need from you um, or they've approximated what you do enough that you can kind of like take it and like elevate it to like what it's like when Kate and I have full creative control, um, you know, but I also think sometimes and especially given the kind of like sea of 
content in the, in, the, in the streaming wars. Like sometimes I feel like Kate and I are brought onto things and people just expect us to make something funny. And it's like, it does not work like that. Also, it doesn't work if there's no time. Like John and I, like there, like you can't right. really have, it's like, okay, well, and then you guys will do what you do. And it's like, well, we need like eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like, it can't like, sure. Of course. Like it, it just does demand more time. Yeah. Um, well, it made me think of, um, you know, speaking of Amy Schumer again, uh, she brought you guys in to do something together, um, in life and death, uh, which I think you're hilarious in. And that's, that's an example. You. Um, you know, was that something where she said, you know, come in and do what you want or do your thing? Or was that really sort of worked out ahead of time? Well, we definitely improvised, but that's an example also of like, you know, it was a, it's a short scene. We're not really doing us. Those are like characters that are, have different relationships than, you know, our kind of like shtick per se. Yeah. Um, which I think she did. It was smart of her to cast us because she was writing characters that were kind of like dim, you know, yeah. and like we're in maybe kind of like a normie kind of like wealthy restaurant we love playing normal world. people yeah, yeah. and i think yeah. like and we were excited to so it made sense to us so i think we we've it, that is an example where I, I i would i would like to say that it worked yes i agree yeah no i i agree too it was great i like it i'm just not bananas about it what was exactly we were like bananas for um raw dog oh yes oh my god i love raw dog what if it were that right no i wish it were that i love that but if you guys like bubbles we have a champagne that'll just knock your blocks off i actually love champagne stop yeah i love champagne that's insane yeah. and i just brought it up i've always said um champagne makes me feel like you're celebrating i don't know if that registers okay that is mind-blowing i never thought of it that way so you know this is this special on Peacock is you know this one hour. It's designed as a one hour special. Is it something that you would like to expand into a sketch show? Is there you know? <laughs> yes. No, is there a desire a, for that? We would we would love we love the one hour form. Like just let it be said now, we'd love to do more of these. I think yeah, there's something absolutely. about the, the special that feels so contained and um, satisfying. We have right now we kind of have our sights set on we want to make a narrative show. Um, and that's something that we're in the early kind of stages of figuring it out. But we very inspired by Fargo. Anthology TV series. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But we uh we would love to make more of these specials. Yeah, I mean we, have, we literally have like two I would say two more hours kind of yeah, laid speaking out. directly to the peacock people if they're listening. Yeah, we've they got about they we have they so many more jokes yeah. ready to go, more sketches that <laughs> all we have the, on ice. You know, we want to bring the beavers back. We want to like yeah, with but all these have, sketches have kind of like their counterparts, like their future iterations, you know. And we just love I I love how an hour sketch special. I love how all the sketches can kind of talk to each other. I love how a frame can actually be a frame versus a 30 minute show where we've tried to write this Meredith interview in a 30 minute version. And it was so short, like and it, it didn't get to breathe and get to be as epic as we want. We knew it could be. So an hour, I don't know. And I love the idea of the hours all kind of like a few of them kind of like talking to each other. I don't know. I, I, it's such a dream to me to do the hour. What, so with the, with the narrative show, and I don't know how much you can talk about it, but so you have this one that you, that you made a pilot for, and now you, mm. you know, you're working on potentially another one. Does that, experience of not getting the pilot picked up make you think we want to go in a totally different direction or is it sort of like you want to go back to you know what you loved about that it's a whole new idea and i think it's better <laughs> or it just works more it's like time and just experience you know gives yeah. you perspective and allows you to improve i think and, and to also like to not be a in your twenties, when you are just naturally a little bit more like, look Proving at me, something. you know, yeah. you're like, look, you know. So I think we are excited to be just a little bit more relaxed, um, to kind of relax the the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and you had the experience with Search Party of having this long running, you know, narrative show where you got to play the same character over you know many years. Um, so does that inform it as well as sort of what you, that you would want to, did that make you want to do that again? Oh yeah. I mean, that was one of the, it was such a surprise, like, because I didn't make that show, you know, like I was just kind of like along for the ride and it, but I, it was so unexpectedly meaningful to like be able to play one character for a really long time. 
to Brad? Okay, it's insane that you're here. I'm literally writing about you right now. All good things, I hope. I actually just finished an entire sentence about how you and I can sit in silence together and envision what the other person's thinking. Like, let's do it. Let's sit in silence. Track lighting. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> but, yeah. So, Al, I was um, thinking maybe you should just see a doctor for the rash. Oh, no. As long as I'm not exposed to the sun ever again, I'll be totally fine. Oh, you're scaring me. I got you, girl. That character was written for you, right? It was, Matt. Yeah. So that's special as well. It was very special, but I just, I don't think of myself as a kind of a schmaltzy actor who like has a relationship with his characters, you know, or yeah. like, <laughs> um, like I don't, I don't normally feel like I, I don't identify that way as a performer, but I really, really, really just as time went by, I was like, this is so special that I get to like, just kind of slip into this thing that I like now know and I don't have to like think about. And it was really cool. And like, and just kind of like try to deepen it over time and show new sides of someone. It's a, it's a very specific kind of task. So I would, I would absolutely love that to do that again, preferably with Kate, but if not, honey, I'll take Brie Larson. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate, you have a, a league of their own coming up as well, which I'm really excited um, to check out. Uh, so yeah. What, what was, can you tell us a little bit about um, your character in that and, and about that project? Yeah, I mean, that it was so fun to do. I love the cast so much. And I mean, League of Their Own was a movie that I was obsessed with as a kid. And so, of course, I have like an attachment to that. Madonna and Rosie. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, it's so on. influential. Huge. And so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a situation where it's a I'm playing a character that's, you know, outside completely my typical like comedic persona per se. So that's really liberating and fun just to get to go in and it kind of takes the heat off of it when it's not your thing and you're writing it. And it's, it's um to get to kind of slip into an ensemble. It's a huge ensemble. I'll say there's a lot of characters. So it's definitely, um, it's not, there's a lot of scenes with like eight people in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Kate I can't shines. wait to check that out. Yeah. I can confirm Kate shines. <laughs> hey John. Thanks. I'm serious. <laughs> Uh, so with the time that we have left, um, I want to do our final segment on the show, which is called The First Laugh. And we are going to go through some some firsts. And I guess either you can both answer or, you know, if, if one of you has an answer and the other doesn't, that's fine, too. But going all the way back, what's the first piece of comedy or one of the first that really made you laugh hard as a kid that you can remember? I feel like I've talked about this maybe before, but the first time I remember, like, truly was when I saw East Ventura. Like, that was the thing that I remember. Like, I have a real memory of like being in my parents like the tv was in my parents bedroom and like watching it and it was like a tape that i'd rented and like rewinding it and the opening scene of him delivering the box like changed my life <laughs> it's so good um and for me it was la gran balazza <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't think i said that right but um no no for me it was i, I know i had laughed at something very hard before this but there was a real like I think just like awakening for me when I saw Spartan cheerleaders funnily enough Kate with Jim Carrey hosting wait and, what yeah Jim Carrey hosted SNL like maybe 1995 mm. and it was like one of the first Spartan cheerleader sketches mm. and I my dad and my sister were watching it on the kitchen tv and I was like what the hell <laughs> I was like who Amazing. is she I mean who is Sherry yeah. Terry I was really yeah. like no 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 that was yeah. like that really I was screaming at her. I could not believe what how what she was doing. It was shocking. Yeah, yeah, it's, she's amazing. Um, we didn't really get to talk much about um, stand up, um, but I would love you to know hear when from. You're on a sorry. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear from each of you uh, the first joke or bit that you did on stage um, doing stand up that you felt really worked or connected with a crowd um, that you felt like you could you know keep going back to. I think. For me, I can't think of like a specific joke, but I do remember when I started just kind of doing these like free associative sort of monologues, um, like just kind of talking and talking about like a family that didn't really exist or my kids or like that was kind of the thing. I mean, God, we're looking at now that was over 10 years ago. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, but when I started kind of just allowing myself or just again, free associating, just monologuing as someone else um, and that getting a reaction, that was... Kind of when I was like, okay, yeah, that's, I like that. I want to go back in time. 
<laughs> you too, honey. And I want to see. I want to see you at cake shop. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I. I feel like much to my kind of chagrin or whatever. I mean, I, I really. I, ladies and gentlemen, first time I've used that word on Daily Beast. <laughs> it was um, natural. Thank you. And um, you don't know it what correctly. it means. I yeah, absolutely you got don't know it. what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I remember being very kind of judgmental of like the kind of confessional moment in the culture. Like I, I could feel there was a real pressure on millennials on Twitter to be like hyper confessional. And I was, and I was like jealous of, I think like Kate for, or, or performers like Kate who like were smart enough to like avoid the confessional. But I also remember like kind of being confessional and doing a like joke about like, literally like losing my hair and like just like like just like the beginning days of taking propecia and, and like and i and realize and like something about like that tapping into that nerve for me was actually kind of working i was like god damn it like yeah i, I wanted to be to be, but... i wanted to be like more um i don't know no, but you're so lucky john you no well, I, I don't even John, know. John, wasn't I there the first time you did stand-up technically at the pit? No, that wasn't God the first time. The first time why was do a I cameo. Think that's like, why do I think that's like... Well, it was that the first was time early. you had seen me. Okay, and it was so in my mind, it's like early the on. first time you did yeah. it. It was well, just the first time. It was the first real time because you were there. Well, it felt like well, it, but that well, was the first I, time I ever showed my Tony Collette slides. Okay, yeah. But I remember it was like I I had just met John and it was very early for him. And I was like, yeah, because he had like, you know, it was so... He was brand new right and we always hear it's like well it takes years you know and he was just like instantly like killing and like shockingly good it was, i mean it, which was no surprise i mean i was just getting to know him but it was one of those things where it's like oh yeah the myth like of you know fi like finding a chop like he just was completely fully formed and like it's done <laughs> he was cooked like it was, it was wild to watch that's insane thank you kate that's the damn truth oh fuck I you <laughs> I always ask uh, guests about their late night stand-up debuts, um, which you guys, I believe, shared um, on so Fallon. That's so beautiful. Going, that is uh, cute, going John. Us behind the together, curtain. Here we go. Which I, <laughs> I love that uh, that whole Take bit that you guys off. do. Yeah, doing it together. Having your best friend there. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how horrifying that would have They're been like, alone. And go. Yeah, yeah. And the curtain opens. What's up, yeah. you guys? I'm Chork Churley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we were like... That was, I mean, that was such a dream because doing it together, obviously the task was so clear, which is like Kate and I love like acknowledging the form. We love like failure, you know? So like treating it like, like this, the kind of the premise of us just like being so overwhelmed by the opportunity that we forget to start. I mean, Kate, this is, um, this is huge. No. This is huge. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have yeah. chills. I have chills. Oh my God, yeah. So few people experience this. Thank you. I know. I mean, if I could go back in time to when we first met, mm -mm. and if I could tell those two people, if I could tell those two people, Kate, look how far you're going to come. Okay, don't, don't, don't go there, because I'll go here. Okay. <laughs> okay, but Kate, I do, I, I do want to go there. I want to go there, okay, because this is such a huge opportunity for us, and I really want us to take this in, okay? <laughs> you are so right. This moment is going to fly by. Yes. We have, what, four minutes? No, three and a half. Three and a half minutes, yeah. so even more, even more so reason to really be here now, really focus and take it in. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm looking out there and I'm going, my mom's watching. Hi, mom! Oh, <laughs> okay? I mean... I don't want to get sentimental, but you put me through private school. <laughs> Is very true to us. I really love it. And I because it's not like our other sketches we like, you know, edited. You know, so you spend a lot of time with the footage and you you really like get inside them, you know. That is something we did live once. And so I yeah. always forget that we did that. And then like every couple of years I'll like watch it and be like, This I haven't works. watched it since we did it. It's good, Kate. I'm here to tell you it's good. Okay, great. Yeah. It's really funny. It in my own and time. it's something, yeah, that could only exist in that moment. And it's not like, you know, most comedians go on and do their, you know, best five minutes that they've been working yeah. on for a year. And you guys did that. <laughs> we we blew me it. Meta. Yeah, you, guys just, <laughs> you guys immediately blew, we blew it. it. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a uh, story or memory from your career that makes you laugh now, but really was not funny when it happened? This is actually instantly coming to mind, which oh never happens, which is when I auditioned for a child agent <laughs> or when I was like, <laughs> How old was I? Maybe I was 14 and 
I auditioned with a, so there was a monologue that Parker Posey that was cut out of Waiting for Guffman. It's a Parker oh, Posey yes. monologue that was cut out that I, of course, was obsessed with Waiting for Guffman and I scoured the internet. I found this monologue and I did that monologue for an agent and I brought a stuffed fish with me because <laughs> for some reason I was like, I'm going to do the monologue to the fish. It made no sense. <laughs> and I bombed really hard. Like I did it They're like, okay, and go. And then I did this completely. It made no sense as a 13 year old girl to be doing that monologue in the, like it was no, it just fundamentally didn't work. And she needless to say did not sign me. And I, it was just kind of like, I remember feeling sad and stupid, like leaving, holding the stuffed fish. And I also bombed, um, a that's a Raven audition. Oh that actually hurt God. more. The Parker yeah. Posey thing less. Cause I was like, they're idiots. They don't understand art when it's in front of them, you know, girls <laughs> before swine. But I ate shit at a that's a Raven audition where I also took a prop. I took a spatula. No, <laughs> yeah, it was like a cooking a thing. And like they remember you with a spatula. Right? Yeah, well, because it's like a cooking thing, and I had it, and I was like, and then my I got an agent because I got one line on Liz McGuire, so they were like, go, go to her, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, and then that's on YouTube. I was dropped across the board. Because I think that that's so Raven people like probably called my like creepy child manager who was like, show me your tummy more. Like I remember him telling me that. Oh God. And, um, so fucked up. And uh, they that probably the called. That was the end of your child, and they were like, uh, child acting You got to pull her. She's bad. She's to bad. To his credit, that was the era of the midriff. No, totally. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't wrong. No, no. He, he wasn't wrong. He had a drawer of candy in his office. <laughs> um, he's like, go ahead. You know. But uh, I forget his last name. Steven something. But. I was dropped flat on my ass. So that was embarrassing. That felt kind of sad at the time. It didn't destroy me or maybe I just blocked it out and I actually was like absolutely devastated. But now, now I can laugh. We, I think we, we're never that I was fine. I really was fine. The, yeah. yeah. I was on, uh, I was in like season five of Girls, which I was like so fucking excited. I, I had like three lines and I was shirtless. Which is not, I'm never, I'm not shirtless when I shower, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, so I was like, it took a lot for me to be shirtless in front of like famous people and in front of like Andrew Randall, who's like absolutely ripped. And like, it was like, it, I was, I don't know, but it was so terrifying and like an honor and, you know, whatever. But I was just truly just like in my underwear. It was just surreal. I don't know. And, and then I got cut. <laughs> didn't make it in that's really it it just got cut but it, so it just felt that did feel kind of brutal of like oh god i just was the kind of almost naked in front of all these people and then it's not even on there which by the way now i see as a great mercy like i i feel so <laughs> happy that there. there's not footage of me like stuffing myself into that would have been fine john no it wouldn't i'm a cow Le- lena dunham has it somewhere I know she does. I want. She yeah, we gotta get me. the footage. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a a story or memory about the first time you met one of your uh, comedy heroes, and uh, whether it, it went well or poorly? Yeah, I'll say that I had a beautiful experience of meeting Maria Bamford mm. when I was like starting to do stand up in L.A. and um, I was on a lineup with her, and I could not believe that I was on the same lineup with her. And she and I, I think like before the show, I gushed to her and was like, "I'm oh my god," you know, freaked out, and she very sweetly like sat in the front row and like no. laughed through my whole set. Yeah. She and then the oh, sweetest. and beyond that, after the set, she was so sweet to me. And then she invited me to her home. She wrote no, down her address God. and phone number. And she was like, I'm having like a small group of people over on Wednesday. I remember it's a Wednesday. And I <laughs> was like, Oh my God. And I, was terrified, but I drove. I was like, she invited you. I was like talking myself up the whole car, right? I was like, oh. she invited you. If she didn't want you there. She wouldn't have written that. Like, you you can be there. It's not weird for you to go. But I was so, I just remember like parking outside her house. I'm going, just go in. And I went in and it was just, I can't believe the, the sweetness of that. That is so sweet. I could sob. I know. <laughs> um, very last thing is uh, I asked comedians to shout out any other comedy that's making them laugh right now. Um, other comedians, things you've seen on TV, just anything you want to recommend to people to check out. Richard Perez, who is in our special in the book club sketch. It's so Instagram funny. makes me laugh so hard. I know. I know. <laughs> so maybe just Richard. Ruby McAllister, too. Ruby McAllister, yeah. She's on the show called Gigi, which is not that recent, but it's with Leah Hennessy and Emily Allen. They're really, really brilliant, kind of yeah, we brainy, love them. very cool. Like they make incredible work. 
Those nice. are great recommendations, John. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'm going to recommend your special on Peacock. Would it kill you to laugh? <laughs> Thank you. Please do. We didn't talk about the title, but I love the title as well. Thank you. Thank we you do too. so much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for doing this um, and good luck with everything. Great to talk to you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Wow. I still can't really believe that happened. So thank you again to Kate Berlant and John Early for joining me. You can stream their new special, Would It Kill You to Laugh, starting this Friday, June 24th on Peacock. And if you want to support The Last Laugh, please help us out by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We want as many people to hear this show as possible, and you can help by spreading the word and sharing it with your friends. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at TheDailyBeast.com. And if you're not already, please follow at Last Laugh Pod on Instagram, where you can see photos and videos from all of our episodes and see who is coming up next week on the show. The Last Laugh is distributed by Acast for The Daily Beast, with audio production by Jesse Cannon. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at claude.mp3. You can find this show every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. See you next week.